Hello, I'm Marie Smeyman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Today's topic is understanding and navigating the phases of change. My guest is Liesel Tom, Master Transformation Coach, Broadcasting Journalist and Motivational Speaker from Centurion. Welcome, Liesel. Thanks, Mariette. I look forward to this conversation. Now, Liesel, you've won awards for life coaching as well as broadcasting journalism. Can you tell us more about the work you do and love to do, I might add? Mariette, yes, I love both because um, as a journalist, I like asking questions and I like questioning people about their lives and helping them to share the stories of their lives because I believe each and every one of us has a story to tell and some people have the ability to learn through others stories. So I believe we owe it to the world to tell our stories. As a journalist, it's my job to help people tell their stories. But as a coach, my job is to help people question those stories they tell themselves about themselves, because we all have a narrative playing in the background. And what we are never taught is that we don't have to accept this narrative as the gospel truth. In fact, there is no such thing as the gospel truth. You have to question everything. And then you get to choose what story you want to tell yourself about yourself. You put that very lucidly. Now, today we're talking about change and many people, including myself, tend to have a love-hate relationship with change. Could you say more about this? Well, Mariette, you know, there's a saying, there's two things in life that are inevitable, death and taxes. But that's not quite true because change is inevitable. Nothing ever stays the same. If you look outside at the moment, you can see that the seasons are changing. This is the way of this world. Nothing stays static. The moment things don't change, the moment they stop growing, they die. So change is absolutely inevitable. But we as humans have this idea that we can prevent change or that we can slow down the process or that we can even stop the process. And that is one of the fallacies. That's one of the stories we tell ourselves that we need to change because change is coming. And if you're going to resist it, There's a saying in coaching, what you resist will persist. So the moment you start resisting change, you create all kinds of discomfort in your body. When you accept change, when you embrace it, then things start flowing. And then once you learn how to manage this process, you can kind of steer it in the direction you would like it to go. So today we're going to learn how to accept and embrace change. Indeed, and I think it's important to understand, like everything else, change is a process. Change doesn't happen overnight. There are certain steps and phases that we need to to just bear in mind so that when we are there, 
we can just assure ourselves that things are going the way they should. Yeah, so we can have a little predictability amidst the unpredictable. Absolutely. Now, you've trained with a renowned sociologist, life coach and author, Martha Beck. And she has a helpful concept of what she calls the change cycle. Could you please introduce us to the change cycle? Martha Beck's change cycle is a cyclical. It, it works from the one phase to the next, to the next, to the next. And she basically took a page. And, and if you're listening to this and, and you're a more visual kind of person, I'd like you to take an A4 piece of paper, turn it so that the so that it's landscape, and then divide it into quarters. The top left-hand one is called death and rebirth. And we'll look at all the phases as we go along. I just want you to, if you, if you are drawing this um, diagram for yourself, top left corner is death and rebirth, right corner, top dreaming and scheming. Under dreaming and scheming is the Euro saga. And then to the left at the bottom is the promised land. And these are the four phases Martha Beck has identified. You know, Mariette, it makes so much sense. If you look at the life cycle of a butterfly, you can actually superimpose the life cycle of a butterfly onto this change cycle. And you will see how clearly Martha has worked it out and how beautifully nature has worked out for us to illustrate how change works. Now, the first one is death and rebirth. This can be a physical death of a loved one because we know that's very traumatic, but it can also be something very nice. It's It doesn't have to be a physical death. It can be the death of a certain part of your identity. I always say if a woman gets married, especially us women, we tend to change our surnames. Of course, we don't have to, and thank goodness we have a choice. But when a woman gets married and she changes her surname, that identity of her previous name dies. So there is this, this kind of, it's an impetus for change. If you've never had any pain in your life, if you miraculously survive childhood without ever getting any bumps or bruises, the first time you stub your toe, that will be a death and a rebirth for you because that will be the death of that person who never knew pain. So, so death and rebirth doesn't have to be something negative, but it can be. And when we go through death and rebirth, we have to know that things are feeling a bit up in the air. Martha has a slogan for each one of these phases. And the slogan for death and rebirth is, I don't know what the hell is going on. And that's okay. Now, when we look at the death and rebirth stage of the change cycle, we can think about 
a caterpillar. I don't know if you have ever noticed when a caterpillar starts to molt, Mariette, it looks like it's dying. And it does actually, we'll, we'll go into the phases a bit later. But that first step, this, this worm, this caterpillar has to die in order to become the butterfly. Mm. We, you know, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross talked about the five stages of mourning. Now, today, um, there's been some expansion on the work and they talk about the seven stages of mourning. We have to bear in mind that mourning and whether this is the physical death or something else happening in your life, mourning does not have a timetable. Some people mourn the death of a loved one or even a beloved pet for years. And I get so irritated when people tell them, come, it's been long enough now, snap out of it. There is no timetable to mourning. And the the seven stages of mourning, I'm not an expert in, but I'll list them. As the first one is shock, then there's denial, and then anger, and bargaining, then comes depression, and then there's this phase they call testing, where you test your new reality, and after testing comes acceptance. Would you say that when one steps into a new life phase, so as you said, you lose the previous identity, part of your identity, would you say that would also go for something that we think is very positive, like winning the lottery? Well, you know, for people who win the lottery, that, that shock is often so overwhelming, um, that initial shock. But yes, any change can be a death and a rebirth. As, as you were formulating your question, Mariette, I actually thought of a person who is retiring. Now, you might have worked your entire life looking forward to the day you retire. And then when that day comes and you no longer have to get up at half past five in the morning to go to work, people wonder why they get depressed. It's an absolutely normal reaction because, in a sense, this is a death and a rebirth. So when you go through the death and you've worked through those phases of mourning, then you get to the rebirth part, which, which sets you up for the next phase. Do you have any advice for working through the stages of mourning or should one just be aware of the fact that one is in a period of mourning for your old life? Mariette, I think... Firstly, awareness is a great help. When we know that this, this feeling, these emotions, this uncomfortable feeling in my body is normal, it helps us to accept it and work through it easier. But there are some tips in the death and rebirth phase. And the first one is allow your feelings to be felt. You know, we as humans have this insane idea that we, we don't have to feel the uncomfortable feelings. We can push them aside. It doesn't, have, it doesn't work like that. Emotions, all emotions, 
need to be felt in your body. They are a bit like toddlers. Now, if you push away a toddler, what happens? The toddler comes back and nags and nags and nags and nags until you pick it up, him or her, and give the child what it's asking for, give it the attention it wants. Our emotions are exactly the same. If we push our emotions aside, if we keep on ignoring them, they come back. And it takes a lot of energy to suppress an emotion. So one day when you are perhaps busy with something else and your focus is elsewhere and you do not have enough energy to suppress these emotions you refuse to feel, then they overwhelm you. And that is why we sometimes get people who burst into tears during a board meeting. It's got nothing to do with the board meeting. It's all those repressed emotions that finally got a gap to be felt in your body. The next tip is to be kind to yourself. You know, we are so hard on ourselves. If we spoke to our best friends the way we sometimes speak to ourselves, we wouldn't have best friends. So be kind to yourself. Treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. When you're having a bad day, allow yourself to have that bad day. Tell yourself it's okay. Remember the slogan, I don't know what the hell is going on. And that's okay. And my last step to deal with the death and rebirth phase of the change cycle is to take it day by day. You often hear people who's lost a loved one say some days are better than others. And that is the way it works. Some days we feel I'm starting to get a grip on this. And then other days we feel I'm not winning this battle. And that is okay. Take it day by day and be kind to yourself. Yeah, that's very encouraging. And I think now we at square two, dreaming and scheming. Absolutely, Mariette. And this has got to be my favorite, favorite part of the change cycle. This is where the caterpillar has now died and basically dissolved into worm soup. Um, just to go back to the death and rebirth, because I forgot to mention this worm soup idea. When a caterpillar changes, it doesn't go into the papillon and grow little wings. It dissolves into goo. And very often, we as humans feel that our lives are also falling apart during the death and rebirth phase. Now, nature is so extremely clever. This worm soup or goo, because people who've cut open papillons say that there's not a little animal in there. There's just this gooey substance. Those DNA building blocks then rearrange themselves to create an entirely different creature. So when we've now moved on 
from dissolving into worm soup, we can start deciding what is it that I want my new life to look like? What do I want to do? What do I want to, and, and, and I think, you know, let's take again the example of someone who retires. What do I want the next 20, 30 years of my life to look like? You can decide, you can design it. Martha's slogan for the dreaming and scheming phase of the change cycle is there are no rules and that's okay. Because in the dreaming and scheming phase, we can dream as big as we want. You know, when people make vision boards for themselves, that is one of the symptoms, I, I, I almost want to say, of the dreaming and scheming phase. Because you visualize, you set your intentions, you play with possibilities, you daydream, you make plans, and you design the future that you want. Now, Maria, it's something very interesting about this phase of the change cycle is that very often when people are in dreaming and scheming, there's some physical manifestation. I always, when I see a woman who's cut her hair, I always know that something is up because we as women, we express ourselves through our hair. When a woman has had a baby, she very often cuts her hair or when she's going through a divorce. But it's not just the hair. Sometimes during dreaming and scheming, a person will lose 20 kilograms and have an entire wardrobe makeover. Or you redesign your bathroom or retile it. Or even just, it can be something as small as cleaning out a cupboard. When we are in dreaming and scheming, there's always some physical manifestation that there's a change going on here. And just, you know, cleaning up cupboards is a very handy tool if you want to clean, figuratively clean out your head. Um, that's a conversation we can have another day. But when we know that behind those doors, there's a big old mess, that very often is indicative of the, and I'm putting this in, in big air commas, so I hope you can all see these air commas. But when, when we have a mess behind closed doors, it's very often indicative that we have a mess in inverted commas in our heads. So our environment is always a reflection of what is going on in our heads. And when we dream and scheme, there's always something in our environment that we make pretty or we try to make better that's fascinating so we want to have a measure of control indeed indeed and we also you know Mariette if you think back before you your before your first child was born there's that nesting phase where just a, a week or two before the baby is born Women start painting rooms. Yes. That's also part <laughs> it's also part of the dreaming and scheming phase. And sometimes when you have people doing participating in makeover 
competitions or makeover shows, the fact that they are being uh, redesigned, their, their physical appearance is being redesigned, throws them into a whole new death and rebirth. So while physical manifestation is a symptom of dreaming and scheming, if, if that physical change is being forced on you or is, it's not organic, it throws you back into a death and rebirth. That's really interesting. Do you have any tips for this stage? My first tip when you are dreaming and scheming is dream big. If your dreams are not scaring you, they are not big enough. The second step or the second tip is to reverse engineer. Go think what it is you want. Start with what you truly desire and then work out the steps backwards. And my last tip, and this is something that we all kind of know innately, but we don't want to do it. But my last tip is write your action steps down. Write down your goal. Write your action steps down. Because if we write something down, we bring it into this physical world. If we only think about it, it stays in the realm of the mind. It stays in dreaming and scheming. But when we want to make it physical, first step is to write it down. Now, when we think about the caterpillar, it's easy to imagine that while it's floating there in its papillon, that butterfly is dreaming about the day that it is flying over these fields of flowers. And you can almost, you know, every time I talk about this, I imagine I can feel a breeze blowing, bringing that change. That's beautiful. So now we've had death and rebirth, where there is some shift in your life and you are grieving what's going to be left behind. And then we have the second square, dreaming and scheming, where you are yeah, dreaming about what's coming and setting intentions. And scheming, making plans, yes. Yeah, making plans and designing your future. And now we, we're coming to square three, which is the hero's saga. What happens here? Mariette, when you were, I mean, I read them as a child. I, so, you know, but when you read the stories of heroes, I grew up on, on, on the Roman mythology. Those heroes, Jason and the Argonauts, didn't set out to accomplish their goals and made it back home in time for dinner in the eight o'clock news, did they? <laughs> no. When we talk about a saga, it is one step forward, two steps back. There are challenges and obstacles, and that is okay too. Martha's slogan for the Euro saga is, this is much worse than I expected. 
And that's okay. Because all those challenges, when, when we are in dreaming and scheming, and we have this beautiful future planned for us, when we implement those plans, we are going to get obstacles and challenges. The author Randy Pausch says in his book, The Last Lecture, the wall is not there to keep you out. The wall is there to see how badly you want it. So if your vision, if your dream, if your goal that you visualize during dreaming and scheming is not your absolute heart's desire, then this Yero saga, all these obstacles and challenges will discourage you. But if you have what Martha calls your North Star, but I've translated it for, for my South African clients into your Southern Cross because we are in the South. Mm -hmm. But if you have that goal that sets your heart on fire, that makes you so excited that you cannot wait to achieve it, then the obstacles and challenges don't matter. They become tools to help you refine what it is you want. They become tools to help you make that vision even better. Now, I have to say, there is some interplay between the Euro saga and dreaming and scheming. Because when we implement a plan that we developed in dreaming and scheming, and we find, oh, oh no, this plan isn't working, we go back to the drawing board, and we change the plan, and we come implement it again. And so there is some interplay between the Euros saga and dreaming and scheming. But that's also part of the process. No one sets out to achieve a worthwhile goal and does it in the first try. You know, Mariette, I recently had a conversation about failure and fear of failure. I was raised with a fear of failure. We were not allowed to make mistakes. But how do we learn? We learn through our mistakes. So we have to make mistakes and we have to expect that we are going to make mistakes and also that our children are going to make mistakes. So in the Euro saga, make the mistakes, go back, fix it, come back and do it again. So themes during the Euro saga is this fear and excitement. Now, very often, fear and excitement feels the same in our body. There's this tightening around the stomach area, the solar plexus, and some people also say it feels like butterflies. Now, that can be, it depends on how you frame it. It can be fear or it can be excitement. You decide how you're going to interpret this physical sensation. Practice makes perfect. When we do something and we do it over and over and over again, we become better at it. That is part of the Euro saga. It's part of, you know, you know the word saga for me says it's a journey. And some, some of the Martha Beck coaches have 
change the hero's saga to the hero's journey because it's not a I want to I am at point A I want to be at point B and boom there I am it is a journey and we've all heard the saying but I'm going to repeat it because I want you to take joy in all these steps all these actions enjoy the journey we are often so focused on the outcome that we don't enjoy the journey that we think we'll only be happy once we get to our goal once we get that specific outcome and that takes out so much joy from our lives because every step can be joyful if we decide it's going to be now when we look at the butterfly there's there's a story of a man who was watching a butterfly emerge and he saw this little creature struggle 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 with its wings buzzing 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 and then it would stop and then after a while it would buzz again and then it would stop and the man felt, felt really sorry for the butterfly he thought shame this poor little creature let me help it and he went into his house fetched a tiny pair of scissors and cut open the butterfly the little creature fell onto the floor fat and squat and waddled around and and the man thought any moment now this butterfly is going to spread its wings and fly away but it never did because that struggle was part of pushing the fluids from its body into its wings the struggle is there to make us stronger just like the butterfly has to struggle to get out of the papillon we have to expect that we are going to find some challenges and obstacles and they are not bad things they make us stronger that's a wonderful metaphor i'll definitely remember that <laughs> so let's look at tips to deal with the hero saga firstly there's no such thing as failure you are just finding ways of how not to do things allow yourself enough time to play you know maria i am a big proponent of the idea of adult play and it's not the kind of play that we we put age restrictions on and and do behind closed doors we as humans learn through play and we know that children do but i don't know where we got this idea that as adults we are not allowed to have fun and play we have to play play can mean different things to different people and play doesn't doesn't have to mean you sit in a sand pit and throw around sand but find things that give you joy that make you lose track of time and allow yourself time to do those things that bring you joy and then my last tip for the hero saga is just hang in there we all know this but it 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 
bears repeating, the darkest hour is before the dawn. So it's always the darkest before we finally reach our goal. And then when we reach our goal, we are in the promised land. Are you going to tell us more about that square? Well, Mariette, you know, I thought I'd give you a moment or two to also uh, make your voice heard. What do you think the promised land is? Well, having read Martha Beck's book, which includes the change cycle many, many years ago, I do remember that she said that it's, it's where you reap your rewards, but that you don't stay in it forever. Yes, well, let's go there first. So firstly, the slogan for the promised land is everything is changing and that's okay. Now the promised land, she named it that after the Israelites trek in the desert and they had this vision of the promised land and they had to struggle for it and walk through the desert for 40 years, I think, and then finally they found it. But what we have to bear in mind always is you can be in the promised land. You can you can enjoy your vision, this goal that you dreamed and schemed about for 20, 30 years, or you can enjoy it for two minutes and then change comes again. Because remember, change is inevitable. So when we are in the promised land, we are reaping the rewards of our labor. We're living that dream. All the sacrifices we made during the Euro saga pale in comparison. And this is what we visualize, what we label as success. What we have to do here is stop, take a breath, observe and proceed because it can change at any moment. When we look at the butterfly, this is where that beautiful butterfly, who just a couple of weeks before was a rather unimposing looking worm or a caterpillar, and it's now flying with these beautiful colors. So my tips for the promised land is enjoy it. Give yourself the recognition you've worked hard for it. And then the secret ingredient to, for me, a joyful life, gratitude. When you reach your goal and you're not grateful, you are basically telling the universe that ah, it doesn't matter to me. I don't want any more good things. And you self-sabotage. So gratitude and appreciation feel this mystical thing we call manifestation. And my last tip is know that change can and will happen at any time. So enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. Be grateful and be ready for the next adventure. Yeah, that's wonderful, You, the way you describe it, because I think especially the part about, about feeling insecure and then also sometimes feeling that you're going forward one step 
and then taking two back. I think that should encourage <laughs> one to to carry on and to be grateful all along the way, not so. Absolutely. I have to say I brought in gratitude in the promised land, but my personal way of life is I have a daily gratitude journal because gratitude really gives, it, it changes our focus. It changes what we in transformation coaching call our driver focus filter. We all have filters. We are born with them. We are socialized to develop filters. But when we practice gratitude and appreciation, we change this filter to look for the positive. It is not to say there aren't things that are not positive. It's not to say bad things don't happen, but it says my focus is on the good things, the things that I'm grateful for, the things that I want more of. Because our subconscious mind does not have any discernment. It gives us more of what we focus on. So if we focus on good things, it's going to give us more good things to focus on. If we focus on the less pleasant things, our subconscious mind is going to think, oh, this is important to this person and give you more of that. That's quite a responsibility, isn't it? Oh, yes. Having awareness and knowing that you can change your life means that you have to implement it. And that is a responsibility. It doesn't help to just know these things um, in your mind, you have to practice them. And it's in the practicing that we start changing our lives. I have one more question regarding the change cycle as a whole. And that is if you have any advice uh, regarding working with a change cycle as a whole. Okay, so firstly, it is a cycle. It is just like the cycle of the season. Seasons are also just cycles. You cannot skip one. You cannot jump ahead. We cannot go from autumn to spring as much as some people would want to because some, you know, we don't necessarily like being cold and we don't necessarily like all the drab colors when it's winter. We cannot skip ahead. The same thing with the change cycle. You cannot skip one of the steps. And frankly, if I think about all the steps, first death and rebirth, that one we have no choice over. That is the impetus for change. But when you think of how, how much fun it is to dream and scheme, why would you want to jump ahead? If you think of joy you get while implementing your plans, while trying to make your dreams come true, why would you want to skip ahead? Yes, there are people who want things to happen faster. It doesn't happen that way. We cannot, we cannot rush nature and we cannot rush the change cycle. So it is a cycle and you will go through each step. You don't have to take 
long with each step. When you are changing, let's say, when uh, let's take the example of a woman who gets married again, you don't have to mourn the loss of your previous identity. And and frankly, we don't because we are so excited about the new life that lies ahead. So there are no time frames. Go through each step and give yourself as much time and as much grace as you need. And then you will know when you are ready for the next step. Thank you, Liesl. Can you tell us where listeners can find more information on your work? Mariek, the easiest to find me would be to go to my website. And that's lieseltom.com. Um, the spelling of my name, there are about 700 ways to spell Liesl. So it's L-I-E-Z-L. And then my surname is Tom. T-H-O-M. I always say M for Mary because when it's only audio, an M and an N sounds very similar. But it's lieseltom.com and there you can find things on my coaching, on my work as a media trainer. And yes, I'm quite easy to find. Thank you. I'll also attach the link to your website to the podcast. Thank you so much, Mariette, and thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. I really think that knowing and understanding the change cycle will make it easier for people to transition and hopefully stop people from resisting change so much. Because as they say, I think it is in one of the Star Trek movies, resistance is futile. Now, before I let you go, may I ask you a fun question? (laughs) I'm always up for fun. Go for it. Now, you are a lover of gadgets, as far as I know. Oh, I love gadgets, Mariette. Now, I'm going to ask you a dreaming and scheming question on a gadget. Okay. But we're going to an ideal world. So you needn't be an engineer to answer this. I was wondering... Which gadget you would like to dream up that could help people get up in the morning more easily? Okay, so one of the one of the technologies I predict for the future is heads up display, first contact lenses and then later implants. But let me first just explain what heads up display is for people who don't know what it is. When you have a heads-up display in your car, for example, it will show you data on your uh, windshield that that aren't permanently there. It's like a projection of data. So it will show you how fast you're driving, how much fuel you have left. And we also see heads-up display in sci-fi movies where people just look at a board and all of a sudden all these images appear and so heads up display is visual and I think we are going to get first contact lenses where we put in the contact lens and then we have all this extra information a little bit like the Terminator um, you can see through it or you can focus on the information in your heads up display so I firstly think we're going to get um, contact lenses and then later 
there there will be some kind of an implant. So I think if we take this heads up display and we give ourselves images that excite us and that bring that element of fun and play and excitement into our mornings, it should be a lot easier to get up, don't you think? I think you've just bowled me over with your answer. <laughs> but it, I love technology. I have to say, I am so glad that I get to live in this day and age where we have all these wonderful technologies and they, they, they develop and evolve at such a fast pace. Of course, there is a dark side to it. But that's with anything in life. We need to know and we need to be aware and we need to focus on what we use it for. Right. So thank you, Liesl, for clarifying the cycle of change. I've been wanting to revisit that for a long time, and you've done it so lucidly, I'm sure it will help us get the best outcomes when we experience life-changing transitions. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. I'd really appreciate it if you'd rate Calm, Clear and Helpful where you download your podcasts. If you'd like a more fulfilling relationship with your beloved, if you wish parenting could be easier, or if you're interested in improving your emotional well-being, you're welcome to visit my website, marietsneeman.co.za, for free articles and podcast episodes. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me, and the music is by Mart-Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.